Hello and welcome to the Moncast. A podcast where twice a week we watch Pokemon and Digimon in tandem and discuss the similarities and differences that they share. My name's Stevie. And I'm Sam. The score currently stands at 5 4 to Pokemon and this time we are watching episode 10, A Clue from the Digipast and Bulbasaur and the Hidden Village. first episode we are watching this time is a clue from the digipast. Izzy and Mimi fall into a pair of islands that are floating away next to each other. Whilst Izzy gets lost in his tech work, Mimi gets lost in a maze. Once Izzy realises Mimi is missing, he does a tech thing and asks to guide Mimi through the maze to safety and doesn't feel any guilt about causing her to run into the maze in the first place. When she's nearly out, she is attacked by a gear-infected centaurman who later on reveals a little bit more information about the mysterious digivices the kids were given at the start of their journey. What did you like about this episode? I really like Sukumon and Chumon. I agree, I do like Chumon. I think Chumon's amazing as a as a design. He's really nice. Little pink mouse is cool. He's got weird eyes as well. And even though they flirt with Mimi, they flirt in sort of a minor way, which wasn't as bad, especially not as bad as Numamon. It's still a bit weird. <laughs> Well, they are asking a 10-year-old for a kiss at the end. But everything before that was fine. I started writing a note saying, oh, at least they're not flirting with Mimi. Oh, wait, no, there it is. It's not as bad, but it's still bad. But I think Chumon's amazing. I like how Chumon translates Sukumon's English into just different English. See, even Sukumon's not bad. I, I would definitely have Chumon as a partner, and if it evolved into Sukumon, I'd be happy with that. Anyway, other things I like... Other than Sukumon and Chumon, which were sort of adorable at times. There's a lot of focus on the digivices in this episode. We get a bit of backstory towards them, that they're these mysterious things. And then we also see twice that they purify evil. They just seem to be a cure-all for anything. Which is cool, giving them a little deus ex machina. I wonder if Sukumon and Chumon are actually still virus-type Digimon after they've had the digivice used on them. Oh yeah, they are. But... They're not acting like that anymore. <laughs> I feel like virus-type Digimon have a tendency towards being evil more than the other types, but that doesn't necessarily make them evil. It gives them like a rougher exterior to their personality because of their typing. And I feel like the Digivices sort of took away f- from that and made them sort of less mean. Uh, yeah, and we also see um, Leomon when he, he goes to grab Mimi. Possessed Leoman. Bland, bland Leoman is back. Bland Leoman. Bleoman. Okay, um, I like how Izzy gets absorbed into his tech work. That's a thing that people do. It's a quirk, and it's also something that sticks with him throughout his entire character progression. He even does it in Try a little bit. You know, it causes problems in this episode with Mimi sort of having her moment, which we'll talk about after. But it's nice to see someone being given this quirk which does exist nowadays you see people like today even me i've spent maybe an hour and a half playing the trading card game yeah i like how Izzy gets sort of into his work he's got this little alone time and instead of going to find everybody else he finds this opportunity to learn some things about where they are and why they're there and it's kind of nice to see him sort of just dive into that 
Yeah, because I don't think there's really any other character in that group of children that's like Izzy. And, like, he's the most introverted out of all of them, I would say. Mm, definitely. Especially, like, when you see him in the first episode, he's inside on his computer and Ty calls him out. So it's nice to see a character who's sort of a bit of an introvert and sticks to themselves a little bit. That's one of the strong points in Digimon is the mixture of characters we have and the different personalities. But also, he does this stuff and he's never treated like a weirdo because of it. No one ever insults him for it. They do sort of sometimes go, oh, is he? you're doing the thing again, but it's not like they're insulting him for it. They're not like going, oh, you're a nerd. I like where Palmon goes, banana. <laughs> really? Yeah, when Mimi gets the banana and she's like peeling it and it's just skin. It's like troll banana. Banana. And it reminds me of Minions a little bit. And then I felt bad because I remembered Minions. I wonder if that was even in the script. These Digimon should know their fruits. Digifruits. The Digifruits, which grow on digi trees in the digi dirt using digi nutrients to digi grow. Anything else you like? Tentamon did something good at some point, but I forgot what it was. Uh... It might have been, I don't know, talking sense into Mimi. I think maybe he was talking to Mimi because, and, I, and this is something I liked as well, which is uh, the kids spending time with each other's partner Digimon. Yeah, that's something we've not seen before, really. Mm, I don't think we get a lot of time with them interacting with each other. And it was nice to see, especially the difference in people, Izzy being potentially the smartest person in the group, and Mimi, the way she's written, being potentially not the smartest person in the group. To put it nicely. I wouldn't say she's dumb. I'd say she's a bit of an airhead. She's a ditz. It's a bit of a ditz. And it's nice to see the smartest of the Digimon partners being paired up with her and then having Palmon. You see her when Mimi's not around. She's sort of quite inquisitive and she asks Izzy a lot of questions. I like Palmon in this episode. Palmon's so much better than Mimi. I used to not like Palmon's line from this season that much, but I actually kind of really like Palmon and Togemon a lot after this watch through. I really like Palmon's personality more than anything else. She seems really level-headed. Yeah, she's a go-getter. She doesn't seem like Patamon's quite childish, but Palmon's not childish, but sort of enjoys things in a way that Patamon does, but not doesn't have that level of childishness. She does seem sort of quite mature, even more than Biomon. She does all that nuzzling with Sora and stuff, and I feel like she's not as mature mentally than Palmon is. I feel like Palmon's quite mature as a as a Digimon. Yeah, like, she's quite independent. Like, I think Palmon could quite easily look after herself without Mimi. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Patamon couldn't. No, no. I feel like if Patamon got separated from TK, he'd, he'd cry a lot. To be honest, I think most of the Digimon would be absolutely fine without the kids. I feel like Palmon's personality is a lot closer to Gomamon's than I thought. Gomamon's the most happy-go-lucky one of them all, but I feel like the next one would be Palmon. There's a lot of depth to be explored with the Digimon, which I think is probably one of the things that Digi this series didn't do very well in the long run. It focuses a lot on the kids, and then the kids, most of the time don't get developed that much. I mean, we're praising Palmon more than Mimi. But I think that's because of the way Mimi's being written. She's not... She, she loses a lot of her integrity as a person and as a character because she seems so... Not dependent, but she just doesn't seem coherent. Like, when things are going on, she sort of starts talking about something else completely different. I've got a note here for Centormon that just says, that felt interesting. Yeah, I noticed that line as well. I really like that line because that sort of... A line I've used before whenever I've like I've fallen over into like sand or something and I just I know I've, I definitely know I've said something along those lines before. Is it Centaurimon? I think it's Centaurimon. No, Centaurimon. Yeah, Centaurimon. 
because they just swapped around two letters just to make it awkward. I like Centaurimon. It's kind of a nice design. I remember it from Digimon World. Yeah, there's a lot of crossover between the Digimon that turn up, but there's bound to be because there weren't that many Digimon at this point. I like how Mimi fixes the island with percussive maintenance. It works for once. For no reason, and it was really good, and I was like, yay! Well, it makes more sense of breathing fire on it. It's the one constructive thing I think Mimi's ever done. And it's kind of by accident. I did like the battles before that, though, with Centaurimon, when they're in the confined space and Izzy almost died. Oh my god, With when Togemon evolves and then there's just, like, spikes around Izzy. That's some bad tactics, evolution-wise. I really want to see a comic strip of that, but where Izzy's been impaled instead. Would you say that he'd become Impaledramon? No. Don't shoot down my joke. It was the most best joke. <laughs> but it was nice to see Togemon in this episode, and, and it, it did sort of take that moment to show us some of the problems that you can have when a Digimon evolves into a next level when it gets bigger. Obviously, this is the problem with Room. The battle between Leomon and Centaurimon was really good as well. I mainly like the commentary from Izzy, where he remarks on how badly animated it is. Oh yeah, it's like time standing still. <laughs> it's not. That's not a thing that happens in this temple. It's just because they didn't want to animate the, the whole battle. Apart from that, though, I've run out of likes. I have also run out of likes. I've only got one thing I don't like about this episode, and I think it's because it overshadows a lot of stuff, which was how angry Izzy gets. He, like, full-on shouts at Mimi when she distracts him from what he's doing. And I think that's completely uncalled for. I feel like Mimi... She does have a luxury life. She's used to sort of nice things and, and not having to deal with so many adversaries. Coming to this place and having to deal with monsters and having a monster that can fight and all this other stuff that's going on in this weird world. She seems to have kept quite a level head. And I think part of that is because of the fact that she's in a group. And then to be separated from them and have it just her, she seemed to be kind of okay with that. But then she finds Izzy and Izzy's just completely blanking her too busy focused on what he's, he's doing and all she wants to do is get the group back together so they can work out how to get home and points to her she does sit for quite some time and just wait for Izzy to finish and he just doesn't finish and I can imagine her sitting there bottling up all these emotions and these questions that she has and then it all just overflows and she just loses it because she's scared of anything she's just absolutely scared that she's in this new place all this new things going on around her and the one person who is from her world who can talk to her and comfort her is just completely ignoring her i get that she had to be in the maze for the plot to happen but i feel like they could have done it in a different way and i thought about this and i thought of, of a good way they could get her into the maze and do all those things without it being a thing where she's got herself stuck in a maze. Oh, that Mimi, she's such a doof. Izzy finds out there's something in the middle of the maze that they need to get to. Maybe that will explain why they're there. Or maybe that's where the gear is. And what he has to do is he sets up that communication system and says, I need you to go through this maze. I need you to go and get to the middle bit where the gear is. I can stay out here because my computer can work plugged into these mains and it can show me the map. I need you to go through this maze for me. I need Tentamon here just in case I get attacked, but go and take Palmon and go through this maze. And then getting to the middle, and that's where everything happens. And it's away from Izzy, and Izzy can't help Mimi at this situation. I feel like that would have been a much better way than Izzy blanking her and then her running into the maze because she's terrified. Yeah, the whole execution of it wasn't very well done. Like, until you sort of explained your thoughts about why Mimi acted the way she did, I just thought she was being 
a whiny idiot. It's understandable, though, because obviously Mimi's being written in this way that's her being a whiny person who's used to these luxuries and she wants these luxuries now. Sort of a spoiled brat. What I've tend to do, especially with this watch-through, is I'm trying to understand, maybe read in a bit too much about all their motives and everything and why they do these things, especially things that don't really make sense, like Mimi running into the maze. I can sort of give her credit as to why she would have done that and i can understand her having this sort of moment where everything just overwhelms her and she just needs to get away from izzy because izzy's just not talking to her and she just bolts and the and she just goes down a corridor she's still in the building she's not left but she doesn't know it's a maze and she ends up getting lost down there the thing with digimon is there's so much potential in there but the writers just don't seem to put in that that extra step that's needed to actually make it amazing but i feel like they need to put in more thought and more care just be less lazy with the writing It's so easy to write jokes. There's no reason why the maze is there. It's just there. And there's no reason to go in it. The only reason there is to involve the maze is because Mimi runs into it. They could have quite easily put that black gear in the middle of the maze. And that's why it hasn't been destroyed already. Because I'm pretty sure some good Digimon would have seen it and said, you know what, I'm thinking I'm going to try and take this out because it's, it's damaging everything. Instead, they sort of just, it's there. The maze is also just there. There's no reason to go into the maze, but... There they go. It's a surprisingly empty island. I feel like they had all the pieces to make quite a good story. And if they had just moved them around a little bit, they could have made such a better story. Like, I, I love the version that I thought of. I thought it was quite good. Having the thing they need to destroy in the middle of the maze gives the maze a reason to be. Gives Mimi a reason to be in the maze. And gives Izzy a reason to be stuck by his computer. But the writers didn't think of anything. They just went, oh, well, Mimi... Could have a tantrum. That'll work. Do it. I feel like it's it's lazy to just go, okay, Mimi has a moment. Away she goes. Mimi's moments. <laughs> so, yeah, overall thoughts? Oh, one last thing. The digivices seem to do everything. <laughs> the, the communication device, I think, in this one. That was the weirdest one. I don't quite get how that works. Like, Izzy speaks into this headset and somehow it reaches Mimi in the maze. I feel like it adds a couple elements that they don't use again, like communication. I feel like Izzy could have easily have called any of them when they separate, but he just doesn't because it never gets mentioned again. But anyway, favourite things? Truman. Truman's amazing. I really like Truman. It's a little pink mouse and it's a bit messed up. It looks like graffiti art because it's got a weird tail and it's got mismatched eyes and I really like that. A close second would have been the time Digimon spent with each other's people. That's another thing I would have mentioned, but I feel like the Truman had to be important because Truman's amazing. I'm going to say my favourite thing was the whole ruined setting and the legend of the digidestined and the digivices that sort of integrated into that because it's sort of hinting at things later on that will be explained about why they're there like why they've been called to the digital world it was nice to have that little bit of uh backstory i feel like izzy's the one who gives us pretty much all of the important plot points yeah that's sort of his role to explain things and it's tentamon's role to read out digimon analyzer stuff even if he's not there but overall thoughts... It's an okay episode. I'm inclined to agree. It was okay. It wasn't the worst episode. Stuff happened and it was well-paced. I feel like there's no bits of this that could have maybe have been removed and it stayed the same. Yeah, it was a much better Mimi episode than the first one we had. Even meeting Chumon and Sukumon, that's kind of important because it's it's one of their friends that they meet in the digital world especially Mimi Mimi seems to meet a lot of new friends and companions throughout her particular part of the adventure 
The second episode we are watching is Bulbasaur and the Hidden Village. Ash and the crew are lost on the way to Vermilion City, and they find an oddish that Misty wants to catch. But a Bulbasaur butts in and defends its fellow grass Pokemon before escaping. After they all get caught in a few traps, they are led to a Pokemon health spa, where injured or abandoned Pokemon can rest up, but soon Team Rocket flies in with yet another vacuum. Ash helps Bulbasaur protect the village, and Team Rocket blasts off again. Having earned Bulbasaur's trust, Ash defeats it in a battle and adds a fourth Pokemon to his roster. With yet another vacuum. <laughs> That's all they need. The first couple of inventions are basically variations on vacuums or things with grabby hands. They can move big objects in seconds, or they can suck up everything. <laughs> They could just be the people that come in with trucks and stuff when you're moving house. Just put a, a giant vacuum into your window, pull the lever, everything gets pulled in. Yeah, exactly. They could make an honest living so easily. <laughs> they could, they really could, but they just choose this life of crime. What have they actually done that's a crime properly? <laughs> they stole a hoover. <laughs> They've stolen a water tank. Uh, they've broken and entered a couple places. They're not really hurting anyone. <laughs> No, they, they haven't really. They're just sort of following Ash around and interrupting him every so often. Shall I start? Because I've got four things I like. Yeah, you can go first. I like Misty taking initiative to try and catch a Pokemon. Yeah, that was nice. It's always assumed that Ash is going to be the one to catch the Pokemon, but Misty butts in just like, no, I want this. It's not a water type, but I want it. And then Bulbasaur butts in. And I, I, yeah, I actually really like Bulbasaur. As a design, it's really nice. I can't tell what it is. Is it a frog? Is it a frog plant? I think it's a toad with a plant on its back. A very big toad, but still. We could look it up, actually. I like Bulbasaur's design, and I like its personality as well. It seems very loyal. Yeah, quite stubborn. It'll be fun to see how it's used in battles later, and I really hope it doesn't lose its sort of personality that it's got right now, and just become Ash's mindless slave, like Pikachu became. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the characters, when their episodes about them, they have all this personality and this these quirks and things. And then slowly but surely, they just, it just sort of pales away and they become basically just the thing about them. Like, Brock starts off with this quite this complex character with all this backstory in his family. And then he just slowly but surely over the episode devolves into a pervert. Like, Bulbasaur right now is this guardian of the village. But I really hope in future episodes it doesn't just become Ash's Bulbasaur. And that's all that there is to it. Just like, I am a Bulbasaur. I do Bulbasaur things. I do Vine Whip and I evolve. Another thing I like, which doesn't really make sense, but okay. I just put, by Brock, he just plummets to his death. It really surprised me when he actually fell and it made me quite happy. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot that he falls down. You're coming at these episodes with, like, knowledge of what happened, and I'm not. So everything's just, like, new for me. I think it was only, like, the first three that I'd ever seen. But yeah, like, I didn't I didn't remember him falling, so it was kind of cool to see that happen, and him just to plummet. So what did you think when he fell down, then? I was hoping he would be swept away and he'd get his own side episode. Oh, that would have been good. Just have the whole Pokemon village happen with just Brock. At not being a pervert towards the person in charge. <laughs> that could have been interesting. And, or like, have, just have them go on completely separate journeys for a while until they reunite in Vermilion. That would have been cool. I suppose they couldn't really add that much tension by going, oh, it's been three episodes now, Brock's not here. Is he dead? Is he dead? Who knows? Is he dead? Probably. But no, he lets them out of a, a trap. With a knife, which I'm, I'm guessing was in the magic bag. The magic bag with everything in it. Because he's got a bag in that bag, and that bag can hold 30 things in it, and now his bag can hold 59 things. Uh, game logic. Other things that we like. 
James's appreciation of a well dug hole. <laughs> I think he just comments about how like nicely made the hole is. Team Rocket's the just the best. Team Rocket is amazing and I really like them and I, I super appreciate them. They have a new balloon in this episode. Oh, it's just a stadium apparently. Stadium, but it's a balloon stadium. It doesn't make sense. The whole plan is flawed because they trap them in that balloon which they've stuck to the ground. <laughs> to move anything they'd have to take it up off the ground again and let everything out. It's the dome from the Simpsons movie. With a vacuum attached. Because all of Team Rocket inventions involve a vacuum. So far, pretty much. Apart from the tank. Why do they call it a tank? They have to call it something. Is there anything else you liked in this episode? Well, Melanie, the side character no one cares about, is talking. Ash and Misty just both get really glazed look on the faces. And I'm just like, yes, this is me right now. <laughs> Melanie was sort of just there, as all side characters are. She was there doing a thing. She was doing a nice thing. The whole concept of the Pokemon Health Spa was nice. I liked that. I have issues with it, which we shall get to. Ooh, okay. I liked Misty's conversation with the Oddish. Yeah, that was really sweet. It shows that she cares about Pokemon. I have one more thing that I like. Bulbasaur just straight up tackles Misty. <laughs> In the back. I thought that was amazing. That should have broken Misty's spine. Yeah, or at least her leg. Misty just was on point in this episode, I think. I liked Misty. She had her own little plots happen. She wants a new Pokemon, she tries to catch it, and then she gets a harsh lesson of maybe the Pokemon doesn't want to be caught. Misty's probably my favourite of the three protagonists. Definitely. I absolutely adore Misty. And I absolutely hate Ash. <laughs> it was okay in this episode. It was fine. He wasn't the worst. It was a good episode for Ash. He gets the Bulbasaur, though. He does get the Bulbasaur, which I'm sort of like, uh, why? Bulbasaur is dumb. I think we're on to dislikes now. I've got all dislikes after this. I really don't like how Melanie just sort of decides what Bulbasaur's going to do for it. Melanie's just like, okay, Bulbasaur's going with you now, but you must battle Bulbasaur, and Bulbasaur's just like, oh, oh, okay. This Pokemon is the prote the only protector of this village of really weak Pokemon, but just take it anyway. Yeah. Take this village's only defender. It's a really nice place, and she's actually just deciding to disband it. There aren't any more weak Pokemon. They're all they're all fine. They're all going to go. There's going to be no more in the entire forest ever that need this health bar or traps for them to get caught. In. Yeah, one thing I don't like is the traps. They make no sense. Like she rigged a bridge to fall, like so people can plummet to their death. That's a bit harsh. Why not just remove the bridge? Get Bulbasaur to pick up the things at the other end of the bridge and remove it. You don't need to make it so that people almost die. Oh, Melanie, you were trying so hard to be so nice, but you just turned into a killer. I don't really get how Bulbasaur managed to set the traps either. It has two vines to carry things with. How does a Bulbasaur dig holes? I get the point of having them, but I don't see why they had to be like that. I think they were worth it for keeping Team Rocket out of the picture for a while. Maybe. There were less deadly methods other things i like bulbasaur but most of the interaction between ash and bulbasaur is bad i thought like, most of it's just made me realize that pokemon as a concept is dumb like in order for ash to befriend this bulbasaur and take him with him on his journey he has to pummel him into the ground and knock him out first it's because he wants to prove that he's strong enough which is kind of dumb i mean he learns through friendship all of ash's achievements so far have been through his determination and friendship and other garbage 
has been through plugging Pikachu into a water wheel. Pikachu's just OP. It's Ash's get out of jail free card for any battle. I'm just trying to think now, has he actually won a battle with anyone other than Pikachu at this point? Um... It's won that one against Team Rocket with Caterpie. That's like the only one I can think of. Pikachu OP. Another thing I don't like is this is one of those episodes which follow that sort of cookie cutter rule of they go to a place they normally start off lost or wandering someplace they find a place with a person and a pokemon and then there's the person or the pokemon has a problem and then they solve the problem with the person or the pokemon by fighting team rocket because team rocket appears and then the problem is solved and then they go on to go elsewhere with that thing that just happened i feel like that's a lot of filler episodes and i know there are a lot of filler episodes at least he caught a pokemon this time which is actual progress on his journey like i'm looking forward to seeing bulbasaur in battles because more variety in his pokemon's good because it means more variety in what he can do in battles and then he'll hopefully be less stupid like he won't send out electric pokemon against ground types like an idiot (laughs) there's also that weird animation with Bulbasaur when Ash is trying to stop Bulbasaur being sucked up by the giant vacuum and he goes and puts a hand on Bulbasaur's bulb but a couple of frames before the groove where Ash's hand's going to be is in the bulb but his hand isn't there so just a a chunk of Bulbasaur's bulb just disappears and it looks really jarring. I still don't know (laughs) how how do you notice these things? Because the power of pausing. I don't bother pausing I just get through it as quickly as possible. (laughs) I'm just like watch it once make the notes Never watch it again. Erase that memory from your head. Yeah. <laughs> I was really hoping you'd like Pokemon this to watch through, but no. Some of the episodes are actually good, and then some of them are awful. And it's just sad that the awful ones have made more of an impression on me. I'm hoping that the majority of episodes won't be awful ones. <laughs> I've got I've got nothing else. Okay, well, my last thing is that Team Rocket aren't actually controlling this invention at all, because there's no sign of controls in sight. They're just stood on it looking smug. It's on autopilot. It's controlled through the power of Team Rocket's mottos. And now we can move on to our favourite things. My favourite thing is Bulbasaur. Yeah, same. Because it's uh, it's one of the starters and it's a grumpy frog thing and it's kind of cool design-wise. I liked its personality. It's the epitome of a Pokemon, which is find a creature, find a, an element, stick the element on the creature in a way, and they literally just stick a bulb on this thing. <laughs> Bulbasaur's my favourite thing too. Yeah, Bulbasaur was quite good. I'm I'm definitely a fan of Bulbasaur. Made the episode. And overall thoughts, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it was an okay episode. It followed like the classic plot beats of they go a place, they find a Pokemon and a person, Team Rocket, problem solved. It's so rare to have outstandingly good episodes in either of these series. Like, they're usually just okay or really bad. <laughs> it's not a, a high bar being set by any of them, anyway. No. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. We'll have to see which one gets the first, like, real highlight. Now it's time for Mono a Mono, where we talk about the similarities and differences in these episodes. So, let's start with our Monsters of the Week. Truman. Okay. Pink Mouse with weird eyes. I really like his design. I think he's cool. I like the fact that he's got a job, which is translator for Sukumon, because Sukumon's dumb. And mine is Bulbasaur, and we discussed why Bulbasaur's really good already so i'm not going to bother repeating myself <laughs> but now we get onto the tough questions like which episode do you think had the best storyline uh i don't care they're both kind of okay i think i might i'd probably go for digimon just because it's not filler 
It's like one thing Digimon has over Pokemon is that the episodes aren't filler. They do something interesting with these episodes. Yeah, there was stuff that they've not done before, like having partners swapped around and bringing up myths and legends in the digital world. Okay, I'll, I'll agree with you with that one. That, that Digimon of the best storyline. Similarities? Similarities. They both had plant monsters in. I've got that they had traps. Ah, nice. I didn't think of the traps. I couldn't really think of any other way that these two are related in any way, shape or form. There's a, like a big mass of water in both of them as well. There's, in both of them, they have characters flying through the air. Or falling. They're still flying through the air because Izzy and Mimi are flying on their beds and Brock is flying downwards into water. Falling with style. Let's think of similarities that aren't just blatantly obvious things though let's see if we can do that what do you think of the pacing they start off with similar sort of it's quiet they're not entirely sure what where they are and what they're doing they're just wandering around both episodes have their the parties divided because like obviously it starts with mimi being away from everyone and then also brock gets separated from them both so that's that which is sort of similar at the start yeah they start off by encountering a new monster in both of them as well and then it returns later in the episode i think they were both quite well paced. It didn't get boring at any point, neither of them, I would say. Yeah, I definitely feel like um, there wasn't any time where I'd have been like, yeah, we can skip this like five minutes and nothing would have happened. There was always something going on. Also, both give insights into things that we didn't know about before. So obviously with Digimon, they talk about the history of the Digivices and the history of the island and what these things are. And with Pokemon, it gives us a, a moment to think about their perspective. Obviously, with the conversation with Misty and Oddish, we're actually saying, you know, sorry that I did this thing. I didn't mean to sort of upset you and stuff. It, it gives us that time to think about the other team, essentially, and what it means. The actual implications of being a Pokemon trainer, which is you have to beat them up in order to befriend them. <laughs> it's fine, though. Because they're cute creatures. As long as the creatures are cute, it's okay to bully and abuse them. That one's a little yellow mouse. Look how cute the little yellow mouse is. Oh, look at it. Oh, my God, it's so amazing. <laughs> Pikachu! Now kill! <laughs> but I feel like the Pokemon movie addresses this issue in such a good way. On a tangent. I've heard coverage of the Pokemon movie. And from what I got from that, it doesn't actually address it in a good way. It takes... The concept of Pokemon battles and and sort of exposes it for what it is. This is a random tangent about the Pokemon movie, but I think we're quite a, a way away from that anyway. I've not actually seen the movie in ages, so don't spoil too much. I don't want to. I'm looking forward to the film. I am also looking forward to this film. So back on track, because we got off topic. It's a difficult one. I quite like Digimon more, I think. The thing is, they're both not amazing episodes. Yeah, neither of them are amazing, but... Okay, for Pokemon, I've got a rating of pretty good. And for Digimon, I've got it was okay, I guess. Not as bad as Togemon in Toy Town, I think. <laughs> pretty good comes above okay, I guess. So I'm honestly on the side of giving it to Pokemon this week. I enjoyed the Pokemon episode a lot. Actually, yeah, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Pokemon as well because of the potential that Digimon had for the episode and how they approached it. Digimon's episode had quite a few flaws in it. They could have done it better and they didn't and they went with silliness and making Mimi seem like an absolute idiot for no reason. So the score now stands at 6-4 to Pokemon, much to your disdain. <laughs> I don't care which side wins so in the end. I'm trying to remain unbiased. I don't know how I'm going to feel about the next episode of Pokemon. It's the Charmander one. And I was so excited for the Cubone episode and that let me down. I also know there's a person in there that has like the worst British accent ever. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. 
I am genuinely looking forward to it as well. I'm looking forward to hearing Charmander say, Char! Join us again next time where we'll be watching episode 11. Charmander the Stray Pokemon and the Dancing Digimon. You can subscribe to the Moncast on SoundCloud, Stitcher and iTunes. And if you'd like to leave an iTunes or Stitcher review, we'd be really grateful. You can find our social media on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr and With The Will forums if you search for the Moncast. Or you can email us at themoncastpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to contact us if you want anything mentioned on the show and we'll cover it in the next Admonestration segment. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. I wonder if this new season of Digimon's going to have its own version of Leomon. It'll be like the Nico Atsumi app, but with Leomon's. <laughs> ah, I want this. What is going on outside? Someone Weather. Yep. Weather is happening. No, there's loud music, so there must be someone having a party. Good for them. Can you hear it? No, no. Good. I don't have to close my window then. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bit distracting because we've got... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what just happened, but it was amazing.